Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no-fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. And today we are talking about podcasting on the podcast, which is pretty exciting. And I have Kat with me. So thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Natasha. I'm so excited about this meta episode on podcasts about podcasting. (laughs) I love it. Well, I would love to hear a little bit about yourself, your business, kind of introduce yourself to everyone that's listening. Of course, I'd love to. So I'm a podcast strategist and coach, but of course, I didn't start out like this from the womb. (laughs) There were some things that happened in between. So my background is actually way back when I started uh, journalism, and then I spent about like eight years in marketing all around the world. I was in Peru, I was in New York, I was in London, and then about five years ago, I moved to Berlin, Germany, where I've been since then. And I worked in different companies, and at the end, I was at a tech startup. And I became their head of marketing. But, you know, tech is not exactly a field where there's a lot of women in general and even less of women in leadership. So as I kind of got that leadership position, I got the urge to want to talk to female leaders, get kind of insights from them. And as a journalist, I also realized like, hey, there's other people who would love to benefit from this conversation. So I, you know, thought about it and then I was like, okay, podcasting could actually be the perfect medium for this. So that's how way back when, that feels like ages ago, about three years ago now, I launched my podcast, Leading Rebels. And I left the company soon after. I think it gave me kind of this like, do something by your own itch, I have to say. And I went out and first I did more like broadly marketing, but like podcasting as a part of it. And I just couldn't let it go. So I did like one-on-one coaching, then I did group work. And then I've been basically helping bosses specifically uh, launch and grow the podcast for about two years now. And I also went online with a digital course. So now I do podcasting all day, every day, which yes, I love very much. (laughs) Oh, that is so amazing. And so you started podcasting three years ago and it probably looked completely different then, right? Yeah, I mean, it was back then, it was interesting, because I had come from the US, you know, a little while before then, and there was like starting to pick up momentum. But here where I was, I mean, Berlin is still a very like international city, but it was even more unknown. And it has definitely skyrocketed in the last few years. I've really seen it grow from the beginning of people saying, yeah, podcasting kind of sort of heard of it, not really know about it, to then really the demand for it really growing and the awareness of it also growing. But I have to say, I always say, you believe it's so omnipresent when you're in the bubble. But then when I go to the hairdresser and they ask me what I do, <laughs> and I say podcasting, and they're like, we have no idea what that is. Right. I'm like, okay, we're not at that level quite yet. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I've, I've done some research on podcasting and like heard about, you know, the, the stats and everything. And I think it's so interesting where it's like, there's no middle grounds. Like people either have no clue about podcasts or they binge like 10 a day. Like there's no in between with podcasting. Yeah, you're totally right. Because I think the statistic is that one person on average, so this is like the average listens to seven shows. So that's actually quite a lot. So if you think yeah. about, you know, the above average people, yeah, they're, they're binge listening quite a bit. 
Yeah, definitely. And so a lot of the people listening to the show, you know, they already have a business or a brand and they might have that seed where they're like, I would love to test out podcasting. So what would be kind of like your advice for them if they're maybe thinking like, oh, there's maybe already too many podcasts in the space. Like, you know, would this even benefit my business? Like, what are your kind of thoughts on that? So the first thing I always want to say when it comes to like, oh, is there already so much out there is that that's like the, it's normal for us to have in any setting. You can say that about blogging. You can say that about, you know, YouTube, you can even say that about just building a business in general. It could be there's people doing what I do. Right. So, but it's also completely normal to have this thought, which I always say is this like compound sentence of what do I have to say that hasn't been said before, but people more qualified than I am much better than I ever could. Right. And so this is like the story that we have in our minds, but what I like to put in perspective in is actually when I say podcasting is kind of like low rise jeans and people are like, what? <laughs> well, just to kind of illustrate what I mean with that is back when I was a teenager in the two thousands, you know, like those super low rise jeans were in. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember. I love those. <laughs> I wore them. And my mom though was like, Kat, I think for your figure, like high rise jeans might be better. And I was like, um, no mom, I'm not wearing high rise jeans, like literally not wearing mom jeans. No. Yeah. <laughs> and well, fast forward a few years and then suddenly high rise jeans were in and my peers were wearing them and people I admired. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I love these. Why did I never think of wearing this? <laughs> and you can imagine my mom standing in the background being like, I literally told you this like a gazillion <laughs> times. So I'm going to bring it back to what you have to say. Is the likelihood that somebody has said what you want to say? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of content and people out there. But just like my mom said it to me, it didn't click with me. So are you going to resonate with different people? Is the way you say it with your background and experience different? A hundred percent. So that's why, yes, it matters what you have to say, because different people appeal to different people and your people need to hear from you. Don't believe that like lie that what you have to say is not valuable because it really is. So that's kind of like the precursor to this thing of like, do I have anything to say in general? Yes, you do. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I think that can apply to any piece of content is that, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of people have already done it, but how can you put your unique spin on it? Like for, you know, even for my podcast, like there's tons of interview style podcasts, but I try to add something different. And of course it's me, you know, interviewing people. So it's just totally different. So I totally agree with that. Like, I think if anything, the fact that there's a lot of people podcasting and a lot of people listening to podcasts, is a sign that it's definitely the type of content you want to consider or maybe producing for your business. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the key point. What you said is when you say consider if it's the right fit for your business, because you're absolutely right. It's growing and it's still on the upward. So it hasn't diminished. It's actually more growing, growing exponentially. I always find like numbers are very tricky to put like in realistic how, what they feel like. So I'm going to share like my nerdy fact that I love is that every week, People listen to more podcasts than watch the season premiere of the last season of Game of Thrones. So even if you don't love Game of Thrones, you do know that it had a lot of people watching that premiere and every single week, more people than that listen to podcasts. So yes, there is definitely a huge audience and it's currently just growing. But then the second step you want to do is find out, well, does your audience listen to podcasts? Is that what, you know, resonates with them? And that best part of that is asking them, finding out. And also if it's a medium that you enjoy, you know, you can test it out. I mean, you do this too, is maybe do an Instagram live or some sort of like interview setting where you can have a feel of like, is like speaking something that you enjoy doing or be a guest on a podcast. That's also a great way to test it out because it has to be something your audience 
and wants and something that you enjoy because if you're like not into this at all <laughs> you know that's also totally yeah i i completely agree with that one and that kind of gets us into thinking of you know so you're like okay you know i've thought about all that yes i want to start a podcast so what do you usually suggest? Because, you know, you help people manage their podcasts and then you help people, you teach them how to manage it themselves with your courses. So when do you say it's time to outsource podcasting when you're wanting to get started or if you're like DIY it and do it all yourself? So I'm a big fan of people learning how to do it or knowing how to do it at least and then outsourcing because I find it's very tricky to do kind of like quality control and find out what you want before outsourcing it. So like the most popular area that people outsource in podcasting is the editing, like the technical bit, right? Like they're usually the person who's fine with like speaking and, you know, maybe promoting it a bit, but especially the editing and tech side it might not be fun. But for example, there it's not just a choice of like, okay, it's tech. It's also like, how much do you want to edit? Do you want somebody to take out your ums and ahs or actually do like bigger content edits of taking whole chunks out? Or are you like, no, I want this to be like completely how I spoke in the moment and just do a very light, like audio improvement basically. And those are more like style choices and more decisions about who you want to be and represent with your podcast that are beyond the tech part. So I always say like, it's good if you like test it out, know broadly what goes into it at least. So that you can then choose like, yeah, I want to do that. Or no, I would rather outsource this. And also because you never know what might be enjoyable to you. Some people might think like, oh, tech, I won't like it at all. And I find there are people who actually find editing very zen. <laughs> like for them, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I can, you know, do something with my clients kind of and zoom out. Um, but you can definitely have get support. Editing is the most common one. The other one is, of course, the promotional side of it. So if you say, hey, I want somebody to, you know, put it out there, do the graphics, do the copy for it so that I can just, you know, <laughs> create the thing and then it's out. That's, of course, another area we can get support. Yeah, definitely. You broke it down really well because I know when I kind of was starting to dive into the podcasting world, I was like, I have no clue about anything. And when I kind of understood all the different things that go into high quality audio, I realized that it's not just like editing, you know, your audio, like there's a lot of different styles and what you really want your, you know, the quality to be essentially. So I do agree with that. I think it's really good to understand how the back end of your podcast really works. Um, And I know one thing that I want to personally share from like starting my podcast is I had always had the idea to always have people asking me, but I knew I just didn't have have the bandwidth for a new type of content. So when I really sat down and thought, okay, I'm repurposing lives, you know, hopefully it'll grow my brand, all those different types of things. I was like, I feel like I can justify where my business is at outsourcing it because I just don't have the time to maintain it. Because I know, isn't there some other stats where it's like, a lot of the podcasts on Apple Podcasts are just posts like, you know, five episodes and they completely ghost. Isn't that like a thing? Yeah, it's actually called pot fade. Pot <laughs> fading, yes. it, yeah. Which is like, yeah, that you're like super excited at the beginning with something new, you start and then that, you know, that what you exactly said, the weekly or bi-weekly, however often you do upkeep is so important, which is kind of like what my two passions when it comes to podcasting, one is having an actual strategy, like, you know, thinking about it in advance and what you want to do with this and achieve yeah. with this and so on. And the other side is minimizing overwhelm. 
because it does take effort and time, you know, like every content creation. And it's also a long-term gain, like every content creation. So maybe it's a practical tips that I can share, which are usually useful for people is like one, which you do awesomely. So you can definitely share about your process here is batch record in advance. Like there is a very few podcasts that need to be like in the moment. Of course, if you're doing like weekly news, uh, might be of an issue, but for most people with a business, they can create interviews and their own episodes way in advance. And especially if you haven't launched yet, use that time. Nobody's waiting for you, right? There's literally nobody being like, what is the next episode dropping? Yeah. Use that time, create an advance. And the other thing is a lot of people get stuck in having to do a weekly show. And yes, weekly is the most common format, but you're absolutely fine doing bi-weekly. I would say once a month is the minimum, but if that fits better, you know, the messaging of saying like, this is going so well, so I'm going to up this is much yeah. nicer than being saying like, hey, I tried doing weekly. I can't keep this up. Yes. We'll have to do less. Like the messaging is completely different. And finally, the last tip I can give here is consider seasons because just like going on a school break, you can go on a break between your seasons, use that time to record something in advance. So there's a lot of strategies you can use. And this is the good thing if you think about it in advance to minimize that overwhelm and, you know, avoid pod fade. Yes, definitely. I love all the tips that you mentioned because those were a lot of things that I wanted to consider where I was like, weekly is too much. Even just thinking of not only just like managing the podcast, but like promoting it on my socials and my newsletter and everything. I was like, I don't want to be promoting it every week. And so that's why bi-weekly or yeah, you know, twice a month essentially really worked really well for us and allowed us to batch because we kind of started prepping in November and we didn't launch till January. So we were able to really get ahead and kind of stay ahead, which is nice because like, I don't know when you guys are listening to this in the future, but we're (laughs) recording this in May and it'll probably come out months later, but that's because batching made it where I don't have to stress about recording every week, which isn't a stress that any business owner or podcaster really needs. Yeah, especially because it should be fun. Like you get to be creative. You get to have awesome conversations if you're doing interviews. Like this should be something you enjoy and are not stressing over. And I also love that you pointed out promotion because that is so key. And look, I'm a creative and a creator. So if you let me, I would just create all the time. But (laughs) putting on my marketing hat and you know this too, it kind of should be at like one fourth of your time should be creating the thing and three fourths of the time should actually be promoting the thing. And if you're yep. you know, creating all the time, either you have the bandwidth to do crazy promotion all the time, or you want to build in time to be able to promote what you created. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And so I kind of want to start talking about pre-launching essentially. So what are some steps and kind of like really awesome pre-launching strategies for doing your podcast? Because for me, for example, I kind of knew that people would probably be interested. So I was like, I'll just do it for like Soul Studio's birthday and I'll kind of keep it a secret and hit it to it as a secret and then do a big push afterwards. So that's kind of the strategy I went with, but I'm kind of curious of like the other pre-launch strategies you've used with your own clients or that you've seen work really well? So I usually suggest about a month before your launch and, but not in the sense of like promote, promote like crazy for a month, but to give you more time to space it out. So I, but again, this is a rough guideline, but I suggest about like four weeks out, you start teasing, you start, you know, talking about the fact that you created this, if, which I also have my students do is, for example, talk to people they can interview to get like that feedback about what they would like. They can start mm-hmm. teasing that like, hey, I jumped on a call with Natasha. She shared that, you know, she loves this about podcasting because I'm, you mm-hmm. know, thinking of creating my own. So you can start teasing it. Then about two weeks out, 
I am a huge fan of creating a trailer, which I know you have too. Wow, so I'm very yes. happy that you do. <laughs> um, and the trailer bit is actually, there's like three main reasons why I love using Mac. One, for promotional purposes, is of course great. If you drop your trailer about two weeks before you launch, you can literally send them somewhere, right? It's not just saying like, hey, this thing will come. But you can let you be like, hey, here it is on iTunes. Here it is on Spotify, where it may be. Hit subscribe now so you don't lose out, you know, when the very first episode drops. You can use audio snippets it's from your trailer to promote you can give a preview of what's to come like i for example in my season three trailer put in interview snippets from people i'd already batch recorded in advance to give that. them a feel of what's coming up so you can really use that for the promotion and then the other thing is it's also technical maybe this is i don't tech as always people are like oh but you know you know this now but most people who start a podcast don't know uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, which is still the biggest platform, does like this manual review of podcasts. Yep. So you can't actually have a launch date. <laughs> so if you really say episode one, they'll be like between now and three weeks, usually a couple of days, but still we will just suddenly put it online, Yeah, which for marketing and having a launch, not great. So mm -hmm. doing it with a trailer is a good workaround because that way you can, you know, submit it, have it approved, the trailer appears, and then you can actually say on this date <laughs> and like you did, like on the specific, you know, because it's the birthday or whatever it might be and have something happen on that day. If you do a giveaway, that can be a great tool to kind of boost people, especially if you say the giveaway is like, you know, shared on social media and then, you know, tag me and you, you know, can win something. Yeah. And maybe the last tip I have here, which is super helpful, is a little bit more involved, but is great results if you do like a launch pod. <laughs> so basically, if you bring together a group of your followers, your supporters, whoever says that, hey, yeah, I'd be up for co-promoting this with you, and they can like enter in a little competition. And people get really competitive. If you do like a leaderboard, like share it in your newsletter is one point, share it on social media is one point. And then people have like a week basically to promote it alongside with you. It grows your exposure bananas because it's not just you talking about it. And mm. people have fun. They have a community aspect and they get to win something. You can do like four prizes or whatever it might be. And that's actually really fun to get other people so you're not solo promoting. Oh, I love that idea, especially because like kind of what we said initially is that people are either listening to podcasts or they're not. So there's only so much you can tap into your own audience. Like you're less likely to convert someone that's following you, loves you, but never listened to a podcast. than if you tap into someone else's audience who probably has tons of people that already are listening to podcasts. So I absolutely love all the strategies you mentioned. And I love that you talked about the technical bit because we actually submitted our trailer in December around like Christmas time. And so it was like craziness getting approved by everything, making sure it was all ready to go. So I was so glad we gave ourselves like a month to make sure we could actually stick to a launch date. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Yeah, I love that you did that because it breaks my heart when people like publish and are yeah. like, hey, it's not on, you know, we officially launched, you can only find it here, you know, waiting for the other one. And I'm like, oh, it's yeah. So giving yourself that time is definitely, definitely useful, both for marketing and for your sanity. <laughs> mm -hmm, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I would love to talk about like the strategic part about having a podcast because I know when I'm always thinking of adding a new piece of content or a new platform, I'm always like, how can I make this either be, you know, money generating for my business or help me build my brand to get more opportunities to, you know, build my audience, like all those different types of things. So what are some ways that you can make sure your podcast is really being like strategic for building your business and not just kind of like a hobby, essentially? <laughs> yeah. 
So there's two things I would say for that. For the first one is don't forget the foundation, which is talking to people before you create. We have this thing of like, I want to start a podcast. I'm excited. I'm just going to hit record, do it. And then you create in this bubble and you never like talk to the people you're creating for. Check. And sometimes they overlap with who your customers are, but sometimes it might be a smaller subset of who your customers are, or it might be a bigger audience and your actual you know customers are a smaller subset of that. So be really clear on who your dream listener is talk to them before you start creating. And then when you're in that creating phase, I always give the you know tip that think of it like the no like and trust factor. So I'm sure you know that and a lot of listeners do, but it's kind of like when people discover you, how do they first find out you exist knowing you? How do they you know get to know you and decide like, yeah, she's cool. I like what she does. That's a like factor. And then the trust factor of like, I can see results. I can see proof that she is actually does what she says she can achieve. And you can think of your podcast as serving every single part of that journey. So the no factors, how you promote it. Are you appearing on a podcast? Are you um, tapping into your interviewees, you know, audience as well? In the like factor, are you showing off your personality, your stories, something that connects with me human to human? Because we like to forget that sometimes in a business setting. So are you also showing me behind the scenes? Are you showing me a day in the life? Are you showing me more about you than I can find out by reading your website, basically? Mm -hmm. And then finally, the trust factor is like, are you showing me proof that you can do what you do. For example, are you giving me mini trainings that show me, hey, this girl actually knows what she's talking about? Are you maybe doing life coachings? Are you doing, you know, having a conversation with a past client? Like any way when you create your content, really think into like which of these buckets is this feeding into so that you can build up the no like and trust factor and bring bring people through this journey. And then yes, at the end, lead them somewhere, right? <laughs> Take them yeah. off the podcast, get them to a freebie, to your newsletter, to a free training you have, something yep. that they then jump on your email list and you have another way of, you know, actually one-to-one connecting with them. Yes. I love all those tips. And I think it's so like a great idea to have like your own internal ads. Um, that's something we do on the show where it kind of gives people a chance to tap into those freebies, those other resources. So you can kind of get them off the show and into a place where they can learn more from you and you can serve them more. I love all of those tips. And, you know, a huge part of podcasting is really promoting it and making sure people are seeing those episodes and that content to, you know, get all those amazing benefits from podcasting. So what have you found is like the best type of promotional content that works on social media? Like what platforms do you think are best for promoting podcasts? How do you think that really looks? So social media is definitely number one. So weirdly enough, there's these statistics that podcast listeners are more active on social media than the average. Mm. (laughs) So actually they're more active on social media. So definitely where they find them. And it's the number one platform that people find new podcasts to listen to. That's why I also say when people get like hung up on like charts or anything like that, I'm like, that's a little bit like a vanity metric because most people actually find out new podcasts through recommendations, word of mouth, and in a digital space, that's social media. What works well there is anything that uses. So wavegrams, which I'm sure you have seen if you're listening, is kind of just like an audio snippet embedded on a graphic and just having like a little teaser of what's to come. Those work really well because you're of course showing people, hey, this is, you know, what this would sound like tune in for more. But then also pulling, you know, uh, quotes, pulling graphics, anything like that. And then if you can do something to engage them, that's even more useful. That's why I'm always a fan of engaging your listeners throughout the whole process. Pull them in the beginning about what topics they want to hear from. Then you can ask them, you know, recommend me people that you want to appear. That way you can refer back to it when you're actually creating those things. Said like, hey, you guys said you wanted to hear about this. Here's the episode about that. 
Also, if you have a guest, you can do something like bringing them on live after the episode and say like, hey, if you've got questions for, you know, Natasha, after we talked about, she's available for you now. So any way you can like actually make them part of the process, um, doing giveaways is always a great idea. For example, people have done that for every, you know, rating and review in a certain time period, they would donate to a certain, you know, nonprofit or you can do that once a month. You will do a giveaway from somebody who's shared the episode on social media. So just like incentivizing their engagement is also super important. Mm, yes, I completely agree with all of those points. Those are such good tips. And that kind of got me thinking about like the techie part of, you know, actually creating the podcast, the graphics, all of those different types of things. Because I know that's one thing that might be holding people back because they think they need like a really fancy microphone and they think they need to have like all this editing software. And like, what do you think are things that people actually need to get started with podcasting? Like, what are your favorite like softwares, tools, apps, all those different types of things. Yeah, so I'm totally a fan for doing it the scrappy way, but still, you know, some sort of quality is nice. Yes. Um, so I actually have a whole toolbox that I that I share, but some of the main things that I recommend is well, the very basic is of course having some sort of microphone. If you really are at a point where you're like, I have zero dollars to spend on a microphone your iPhone headphones in a good setting will probably do it. But uh, then it's more about the room you're recording in. So I know I'm going to, you know, expose you, Natasha, (laughs) right now, be in a closet. Yes. (laughs) Because actually that's a perfect place to record because it has like this padding. Anything that has a little padding is perfect. But if you are like, Hey, I want to upgrade a little bit. Um, I really like the Blue Jetty microphone because it's kind of like plugs into your laptop. You can just hit record and go. What I use to record if you're alone, so if there's nobody else, it's Audacity, which is also free, and it's also an editing software. So you can both record and edit your episodes. And if you're doing an interview, I love Zencaster because it's audio-based and it records both people remotely. So that way there's no like call drop (laughs) issues, basically, like you might have on Skype. And that's all you need actually for the basics, right? It's a microphone, recording, editing, and that's kind of for the audio part. And for the design and promotion part, there's so many awesome resources. So anybody who's dipped their toes in there probably knows Canva. They have great templates that you can just use, pull in your designs. And then for like those little waveforms that I mentioned, Headliner is is a software that puts those in. They now also have templates. So you don't even have to go into Canva anymore. You can literally just use their designs and adjust the colors. So there are a lot of places that make it super easy. And I would really say, don't think the tech is going to like be like what trips you up. It's really not as complex as, as you think it is. <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I'd say like getting a mic definitely does make a big difference. And like where you're recording makes a huge difference too. But I agree with all the points you mentioned. And then like a little bit about hosting, because I know we use Libsyn for hosting the podcast. Do you want to kind of like explain what that is? Because I know when I first started on podcasting, I was like, we're hosting it somewhere? Like does, does an Apple host it? Like I was so confused <laughs> on what that means. So do you want to kind of tell listeners what that means? Yeah, the whole segment is a pain to explain. I have to be honest, I also had that when I started. So the very techie thing is that is there's an RSS feed and nobody has any clue what that is. Maybe the old school bloggers still remember. It's basically just a list where all the episodes are. But as Natasha said, you know, the actual file doesn't live on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. They're literally, you're just telling them where to find it. But that file has to live basically on a place that you own. And that's why there's podcast hosters, just like you have a website hoster where your website 
files are stored. You have a podcast hoster where your podcast files are stored. And there's a bunch like, you know, Tasha uses Libsyn. I use Blueberry. There's different ones out there. But what they basically do is that you upload your audio files there and then they will tell all the other places where to find it, which means it's actually quite nice because you don't have to go to, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify every single time you upload an episode and tell them like, here's an episode. It's just like uploading it to one central place and then it gets just sent everywhere else. Yeah, no, it's it's really useful. It's kind of like scheduling social media posts, but not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of how I was thinking about it to help me kind of understand everything. But you explained everything perfectly. And I feel like that's really everything people need to really get started. Um, when you were talking, I feel like you mentioned a lot of really cool ideas that business owners specifically could use for their podcast so that it's very valuable to their audience, but also very strategic in a lot of ways. So are there like some ideas that you really love that you use yourself essentially for either solo episodes, for interview style episodes? Like what are some ideas that you feel like perform really well? So I've actually really observed how this, I'm going to say quotation marks, vulnerability factor has really Mm. grown over the time, especially with people who have had maybe already an audience, but are starting to realize that they need to provide a little bit more. Because I think often it's like the safe bet to do like, here's tips and here's three strategies and here's this to do. And those are important for sure. But by now, just like there's more people speaking, there's also probably more people in your business doing similar things or alternative things, maybe even cheaper than you do, you know? So the differentiating factor is you. And I know this is like the scary bit, but this is where like episodes, like a day in the life where you literally take somebody with you throughout your day and share what you do, who you interact with. Or for example, when you have a partner or a friend interview you or them, or where you do like a Q&A more on about beyond just the business questions. So things where you really put you, yourself and your personality and your life outside of your business out there to share stories about also before when maybe something didn't go right, when something, you know, when you weren't as successful, maybe as you are now, all those things really create that human to human interaction, which is so much more important. I think probably many of the listeners have heard Amy Porterfield's podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. And she shared the stat that she's a super successful podcast, hundreds of episodes, so many actionable marketing strategies, all that jazz. Her most successful episode was about how she feels about her weight and her body. Mm. So even if your audience is, you know, looking for business tips or whatever it may be you're working on, they are also still wanting to have a human connection with you. So really don't forget that. So if you want to think about episodes, that's just my tip. Don't forget the vulnerability factor. Don't forget your personality and kind of sharing more than just the practical stuff. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I feel like there's something about, you know, wherever you're listening to a podcast, even like right now, um, having your earphones in and just hearing someone's voice, it feels very intimate in a lot of ways, which I feel like is why that vulnerability factor really can play very well with podcasting because I know those are definitely my favorite episodes to hear about like other people's stories and journeys and struggles. And I feel like in podcasting, it just translates very well. And I feel like also as a creator, because it's not like a video in your face or like a photo of you, like it it kind of allows you to be more open. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's actually how you and I connected because, uh, well, more connected deeper, I would say, because I heard your episode about your story. And I was like, hey, I'm also, you know, ex-journalist yeah. a little bit. I was also very young in some some things I did. So we like bonded over that fact, which is very different than just saying like, hey, I like the cool things you do. And you're yeah. also completely right about the video bit. I loved listening to um, Jasmine Starr you know she's so social media very active so yeah. video has been her thing and then she started a podcast and she was an episode where she's like literally like wow I'm like getting so personal here like this is really like I, I think it's the microphone I don't know what it is but like this <laughs> setting is like being very different than when she's on yeah. camera and this is somebody who's used to you know being personal and sharing but it is just a different setting yeah, just something about being in the closet with a microphone <laughs> in your face. It just really opens you up. <laughs> uh, well, this has been so helpful. And I feel like hopefully it will really inspire people, whether they're, you know, wanting to start a podcast to learn more about podcasting or just kind of understand how their favorite podcasts kind of work behind the scenes. I feel like this has been so incredibly helpful. And if you have any places that people can get your toolbox, people can learn from you more. Can you share all the links and important? And information so people can connect with you. Of course, I would love to hear from anybody listening that wants to dive a little bit deeper. So the home of everything is just catbrendel.com. And something a specific resource that might be useful is we touched a little bit on those strategies for that know, like, and trust factor. Mm. Um, and I actually recently created a free mini training. So it's 30 minutes, me on video and explaining five strategies specifically that you can use for, to grow the know, like, and trust factor with your podcast. So whether you're about to launch or thinking of launching or actually already podcasting and just want to you know, level up, there's five strategies in there that are probably really useful. And I made a custom URL, so it's easy to remember. It's catrendell.com slash shine online. And otherwise, I hang out on Instagram a lot at cat underscore Rendell. That's where I do a lot of stories and lives and you know would love to hear and connect with you. So those are the places where I hang out. Perfect. Yes, we'll definitely link that in the show notes. And thank you so much, Kat, for sharing all your amazing knowledge. I feel like it got me like even more excited about podcasting. So I'm stoked for everyone to listen. Oh, I love that. That's what I want most. I want people to really have fun with it and enjoy it and see it as the creative medium that can be. So yes, I'm glad that it did. And thanks so much, Natasha. And thanks also for kind of, you know, you're a perfect example of showing people that you don't have to have a gazillion, you know, amount of time. You can just think about how does this fit into my business? How do I make this work? How do I test it? And you know, that it works and you can do it and you can do it well and without the overwhelm. So thanks also for being a good example for that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us. If you want to connect with today's guests or check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked the details in today's show notes. Join the conversation at hashtag the shine online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. If you love what you've heard today, we really appreciate it. And it helps support our show. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.